Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the Hour of Truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live on Body Mind Spirit Radio, brought to you on the third Tuesday monthly from 1 to 2 p.m. Aetherius Radio Live is hosted by the wonderful Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. They always have an amazing show prepared with wonderful topics such as karma, UFOs, the Mother Earth, the New World, the Next Master, and more. They invite you to discover the cosmic message for this age, revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. So without further ado, I give you hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Hi, Chrissy. Oh, hi there, Richard. Hi, Courtney, and everybody listening. Uh, yeah, hello, everybody here. listening. I actually want to thank those people who have got in touch with us in the last few weeks and months. Um, and we've had some wonderful comments and emails and so on. And we really do appreciate that. I mean, we're just here to enthuse, really, about the incredible cosmic teachings uh, of, of the Ethereum Society. Yeah, thank, thank you for bringing that up, Richard, because it, it really does make a difference when people express how much they enjoy the show, you know, because here we are talking to the world, but you know, you just don't know uh, people's reactions. So it's very, very, very helpful and very uh, nice that you do that and take the time to do that. It's much appreciated. It certainly is. And now, Chrissy, we're on Cosmic Masterclass number five, which is pretty well as high as it gets, I would say. I know, way, way above pay grades, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. That's for absolute sure. And it's called The Divine Perfection of Saturn. And, of course, last time we, we talked about Jupiter and the incredible transmissions from Jupiter. There aren't too many of them, uh, the Jupiterian transmissions, but the ones that we have are superb. But when Chrissy and I talked about Saturn, we actually have even less from Saturn in terms of quantity. Uh, but we thought, well, look, it would be wrong somehow to, um, to do anything other than just focus on Saturn for this hour because this is the highest of the high it's the highest planet in our solar system so uh, we did say we'd carry on with Jupiter and we may well indeed do so because we weren't able to touch on two uh, transmissions one of them being I think one of the most fantastic transmissions uh, we have teaching transmissions that we have both of these are published in Cosmic Voice issue number 26 July, August right. 1962, which is still available, both in printed form and, of course, you can also download from our website uh, those Cosmic Voices, 1 to 26, and you, you have access to them. So you can study those, but rest assured, I'm sure at some point we'll be returning to these transmissions, especially the one... Uh, uh, in, in Cosmic Voice uh, issue 26, which uh, has some outstanding quotes, the longer of the two. But they're both absolutely superb, and uh, I do recommend them to you. That's a great idea, Richard. Um, yeah, I think we definitely should do that, future classes. <laughs> yes. But today we want to talk about the divine perfection of Saturn, and we've cho chosen the name perfection quite deliberately because... Of course, um, 
the only word really for the highest beings on Saturn is a word coined, I believe coined actually, by the karmic lord Mars Sector 6, uh, namely the perfects of Saturn. They're also referred to as the ancient ones. Uh, there are 12 of these perfects of Saturn and they are basically the highest beings on any planet in this solar system and not only in this solar system they are revered we're told throughout the galaxy and have their their influence stretches throughout the galaxy possibly beyond um, and they are extremely elevated we're so fortunate that in our solar system there are beings of of this incredible caliber absolutely um and it's interesting, and we talked about this, Richard, how uh, the Jupiterian transmissions are all about movement and mm-hmm. reaching up, rise up, rise up, inspiring us mm-hmm. to rise up. And the perfects of Saturn, I suppose you could, the one word that springs to mind through reading about it is the, um, from the movement to the immobility, the absolute, mm. um, you know, it's, um, you know, no, nothing is... The opposite of movement, if you like. Yes, on the, yes, it is, and of course, they um, in the book actually, Life on the Planets, um, which I don't believe Chris is in print at this moment. I'm sure it will come back into print. But there was a series of transmissions given by about life on some of these planets, um, Mars, Jupiter, Venus, and Saturn, and. The Saturn, interestingly enough, the transmission about Saturn was delivered by uh, Mars Sector 6, which is very revealing, I believe, in itself about Mars Sector mm. 6. Um, that's a whole study in itself, I think, who exactly, what exactly is the karmic lord Mars Sector 6. We, we may return to that. Um, he also <laughs> gave, of course, the Eighth Freedom, uh, which is also about Saturnian existence, we we won't be um, going into that today because we we've, we've covered that before in a, in a dedicated uh, Ethereum Radio live broadcast and I think it'll be in the uh, archives, won't it, Chrissy? It should definitely be, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, so it'd be good to cross-reference to that um, to really hear more. And I think there are podcasts on our uh, Ethereum Society website, ethereum.org, as well, probably. So um, that is incredibly revealing but we'll be referring to other texts and as Chrissy was saying there seems to be the whole hallmark or one of the great hallmarks of these beings is their immobility um, they they are still they are silent um, uh, just to give you one quote from this transmission by Mars Sector 6 about Saturnian existence or life on Saturn this is the quote silence profound unchangeable the very essence of timelessness itself this silence reigns like the god that it is for indeed do the perfects know that the more silent the soul the nearer cometh that soul to the essence itself mm. wonderful and and we're told that these beings are that the perfects are ovoid beings who who never move uh, they're capable of existing uh, throughout various parts of the galaxy uh, in different forms, should they choose, they can split their consciousness uh, many, many times over, thousands of times over. Uh, the only two beings that we know of, that I can think of anyway, Chrissy, at this juncture, who've come to this planet from Saturn, and not, that's not to say others haven't, 
but the ones that we know that were from Saturn, the two that we know are Sri Krishna, and in fact in the Vedas it does talk in one case about his uh, thousands of bodies, I think it's something like 16,000 or something like that, and his various cosmic abodes. Um, so in that sense, um, it could well be very accurate. Uh, and, and that, I think, is in a, a meeting between Sri Krishna and the ancient sage, who's actually supposed to be behind the Vedas, the Upanishads and so on, Narada, who also, mm. by the way, had a very interesting meeting with Sanat Kamara, but that's a whole other topic, according to the Vedas. But So Sri Krishna is one, and the other is the intelligence we call the Lord Babaji, who must have had other names through history, because Lord Babaji is a, a great name of respect, uh, but um, uh, may well have had other names in other cases, in other reports through our history. Well, that's very interesting. Thanks for sharing that, Richard. Um, I, I'd just like to say a little bit if, um, about it, Saturn from an astrological point of view. Um, I practice what's called karmic astrology, and Saturn is the most important planet, if you like, apart from the sun, in a person's birth chart. But it's often the one when we're young, we tend to avoid because it's it's kind of the place where often we have kind of limitations. And we learn over the years that it's through focusing on these restraints and these inhibitions that um, we can make this point, this Saturnian influence, uh, the strongest part of our chart. And it's once we start to do this, we, we can achieve wisdom. I'm not saying I've achieved these things, by the way, but working on it, flexibility, kindness, compassion, because what Saturn, the influence of the planet Saturn is, is helping us to do, I believe, throughout this solar system, but especially we need this on this planet, is leading us to God and helping us to realize that no right action, because Saturn's all about the actions we take as well, can be achieved without this love, this selflessness, this, this desire for service, and uh, this growth that we go through uh, by taking into account and using this wonderful influence in our charts implies that certain essential issues in our lives have to be addressed, and, and really with a certain determination and a certain will, and I think also our will will grow, our determination will grow. And one exercise, it's interesting, one exercise that I sometimes get clients to do is to sort of contemplate and almost meditate upon the influence of Saturn, this sort of quiet stillness. And I think when we do this, great um, wisdom can be revealed. Uh, so it's, it's, um, it's such an interesting planet, certainly mm. from an astrological perspective as well. And of course, I think, Chrissy, I'm right in saying it's it's known as the planet of karma. Absolutely, and yes. Is that correct? You. you know, and that's interesting because again, most people have this idea of karma as being a a, a negative thing, and we've talked about this before. Whereas in fact, it's a, a thing of mercy. It's a thing of compassion. Uh, it's there to help us. In fact, the next uh, broadcast of Ethereum Radio Live on July the 21st uh, will be about the path of the karmic athlete, as we're calling it, which is based on an article which is in the current issue of Kindred Spirit, the July-August issue, which can be obtained from Kindred Spirit. They're, they're, they have a website, .co.uk, I think it is. Um, but that's, 
that force of karma is so misunderstood. And yet, of course, these uh, these great ones from Saturn um, are are administering it absolutely to help us. I mean, I've come across a few cases. I don't know about you, Chrissy, over the years where people through their tests, through their crises, possibly through ill health, or even some kind of, even in some cases they've told me, some kind of nervous or mental breakdown, they've actually found uh, their whole reason for living. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you need to do these things at all to get uh, your purpose for living. But certain people have been going down, perhaps they they have told me the wrong line in their life, and then some crisis occurred to them, uh, which stopped them in their tracks. And actually, a thing which appeared and would appear on the outside to be a completely negative occurrence in their life, and was in some respect, actually was their key to finding their life's purpose, who they are, their spirituality, or whatever it may be. That, that's a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely, um, this is true, and indeed, it is a planet of karma. And, it gets us to kind of face those questions that a lot of people, they just don't want to face. And as you say, when we go through these crisis times, you're kind of forced to face, you know, who am I? What, why am I here? What shall I do with my time? And, and, and these kind of very important questions that life can kind of help us to avoid these questions uh, because there's so much going on. So it kind of takes us to this quiet place and uh, this crisis time that we're going through. And as Richard said, we don't have to go through um, but I also feel that, Richard, that um, we can go through these crisis times, uh, you know, and, and kind of help us to realize why we're here. But then later on, when we should be perhaps moving in a different direction or going deeper in a direction we're already on, these crisis time, these kind of times can come up again and Saturn speaks to us again. And it's, mm. it's forever, although it's not of movement course, as is Jupiter. Of course, it's, yeah, it could it's be for, letting us yeah. go deeper, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And so, I mean, I think we should possibly talk, Chrissy, for a little while about life on Saturn, what kind of intelligences, what kind of beings these are, based on this transmission I mentioned from Mars Sector 6, and then look at the the two transmissions, actually, that we have in print. I only know of two. Um, and one's very short. Uh, then neither of them are long, but they are extremely exceptionally profound, especially one right, of them. Yes. So Great just idea. talking again about, uh, and thanks for that uh, astrological insight there, Chrissy, talking again about life on Saturn, uh, it's a very, it seems from what we're told that there are the 12 who are the perfect, and there's more details on this also in the 8th Freedom, as I mentioned, and then there are other great masters. Now let's bear in mind these masters are more advanced than even the masters of Venus, of Uranus, of Mars, Jupiter, Pluto, any other planet in this solar system. And they are, uh, in a sense, if it's, this may be the wrong word, but the controllers of uh, life in this solar system, working directly under the lords of the sun, of course. Um, but controllers, because everybody else on all the other planets, I mean, ter- this Earth being an exception to every rule, of course, completely accepts them and wants them. So they're not doing it against anyone's will. On the contrary, I think there's this quote, I think by, uh, I think it's by Mars Sector 6 on one occasion, he says, we wouldn't disobey them by even a glance. Uh, so that's their choice. They, they revere 
as we might revere a great, our own great spiritual teachers and gurus that we really admire and leaders and so on. And so that's the way it, it operates. And as Chrissy was saying, they are very, very still. They, the Twelve live in the only building, by the way, we're told, on the surface of Mars. Now, now bear, I'll put a big point of Saturn. Bearing in mind that there are, um, we're not talking about the physical level or octave of existence. There are multidimensional, we've discussed this before, multidimensional existence throughout the universe. And so it, it, it's not necessarily visible to us at all or detectable by us at all, even if we could get there. But on their level, they have one building, we're told. Uh, we're told it's uh, nestling near some trees, actually. So we have to really open our mind to a different kind of existence. Um, and this is a building which is their temple. And in this temple dwell the twelve, and they don't move. They are immobile, they're ovoid, and there are those who visit this. Now, very interestingly, this temple itself, and there's a very intriguing statement about this, is a manifested aspect mm. of the logos of the planet. I found that fascinating, Chrissy. Me too. I reread that this morning, and it just hit me. Wow. Mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Mars Sector 6 refers to this as the mighty temple of the gods. That's him speaking. And it's a manifested aspect. Now, I've always been curious about the fact, uh, Chrissy, that on various other planets they live beneath the surface. And indeed, many of the Saturnians uh, do that the very self-same thing. And they have their halls of learning and their halls of judgment beneath the surface of Saturn. And it's occurred to me, and the same could be true of a lot of the, in Jupiter or Mars, that they may wish, I could be completely wrong here, to dwell as close to the Logos as they possibly can. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, you think, why would they do that? Well, of course, it's the holiest place, really, within the very planet, because it's nearest to the, the greatest being on that planet, which is the planet. Now, this one yeah. building on the surface, this temple, this massive temple, I mean, not like anything we know of here at all, um, is an exception because it's a manifested aspect of the Logos. And um, so yeah. one can only assume, whatever that means, it must be created in some way, physically connected or physically part of the Logos. And so by being in that temple, of course, the one thing they would have is a direct connection. They're virtually, if we take it literally, inside the Logos, because that's an aspect of the Logos, and they're inside it. Mm. Uh, so they have, must have a oneness. They must be totally at one with the, the mm. Logos upon which they live, unlike us on Earth, who, who, who are not at one with the planet upon which we live at all, uh, most of us. Um, they're imbued by the radiant. They're virtually part of the planet. I think that's yeah. a very interesting revelation, uh, Chrissy. Yeah, thank you for bringing that out, Richard. That's um, this is very, very worthy of uh, our contemplations. It Just certainly one is, thing, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, coming back to the stillness. I mean, uh, uh, even on our own very, very basic level here, we need to learn stillness. I mean, we won't get mm. the stillness that they get. Stillness, and they talk about silence. Um, and that quote I gave earlier: more silent the soul, the nearer cometh that soul to the essence. Uh, of course, silence is another is a form of stillness. 
if there's no silence, if, sorry, if there's silence, there's no movement of any kind, or you'd have some some kind of sound, even if it's almost undetectable. Um, so that's something that we, on a much, you know, infinitely more basic level, we need to cultivate. In fact, the Master Jesus tells us to c cultivate too, is stillness of body, heart, and mind. So there's something revealing about that. Then below the surface, they, as I say, they have the halls of, of learning, they have the halls of judgment, and we, and this is interesting, we ourselves go to that hall of judgment after our life, when we, uh, when we depart, uh, when we die, or, or so-called die, move on, we will go there for, to, to judge ourselves. They don't judge us, but they help us to judge ourselves, um, and that's, again, on Saturn. Under the surface if you really think about that, this, it helps our passing, our death, when that eventually comes, be a very exciting journey. <laughs> to think that we're going mm. to the planet Saturn. <laughs> mm. And I'm just I picking mean, out one or two little interesting points yeah. from this. There's another one that caught my eye, Chrissy, that, which is talking about beings from other planets. Um, they who visit, uh, the, the inhabitants of Saturn, by the way, many of them aren't from Saturn. They're on Saturn right. to learn. And the other masters, in other, in other words, not the perfects, but the other Saturnian masters, they also never leave one position. Mm. They don't move about. They don't have any form of transport. They don't need it. If they want to be somewhere, they can create a body. They can be a, create a, uh, any form of living form, and they can live throughout the galaxy in a body. If they were on Mars, they could live as a Martian. If they were on earth for old them if they are well one is tragically enough the mm. lord babaji they can live in a in some kind of a humanoid in his case an ascended humanoid body but they could even live as a tree or whatever they chose to do for whatever reason there'd be some reason for it now these uh interplanetary beings where they they stay on on saturn and there's another quote here which caught my eye about them when they deserve it they can sit at the feet, as you would call it, of the perfects. When one has reached this stage, one can travel to another more backward planet and become a master, a teacher, among the people of this planet, whichever planet the perfects decided. So one thinks of the cosmic avatars, and we've talked about this before, who come to Earth, one of them being Dr. George King, of course, and they may have done that. Reading between the lines, it looks as though they did that before they came here. They must have sat metaphorically at the feet of the perfects, and wow. then they'd be sent here. Mm -hmm. And also, very, I think, Chrissy, quite revealing about the Master Ethereus, who was the one who recruited Dr. King. This is probably another topic for another time. Yes. <laughs> How does he fit in then if it's the perfects who make these decisions? That's um, a very interesting thing to contemplate on, I think. Indeed, food for thought. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Uh, another another little thing that caught my eye, Chrissy, before we get into some of their wonderful teachings, um, is the Mars Sector 6 said about this. He said, talking then about uh, Saturnians who are living on Jupiter, Pluto, Martians, and he calls them Jupiterians, Plutonians, Martians, and uh, must apply here too. Mars Sector 6 says this. He says, if you look far enough, you would see an intangible almost mysterious difference. That difference, oh, yes. dear that friend, my eye remember too. that? Yeah. 
That difference, yes. dear friends, is the result of eons of service. So he, Mars Sector 6, for example, could meet a Saturnian in a Jupiterian body, shall we say, and he could see the difference. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and this one of the almost mysterious, intangible difference. So that's another thing. Another thing I think while we're going through some of these interesting points about the beings on Saturn, the other final one actually that I noticed was a statement that, it, and this is talking about not the perfects, but other masters on uh, Saturn who are in one position, he says, of such a being, it becomes necessary for him to damp his great power. And this is referred to if, if they're doing metaphysical operations of one kind or another. It becomes necessary for him to damp his great power. So he then thinks around himself various crystals, and, and on it goes. And, you know, that, Chrissy, it struck me, is the exact opposite approach to us here on Earth. That's those yeah. of us who are even trying to do anything with crystals, and some people are. But we're certainly not using crystals to damp power. We're, we're, we're yeah. using them to transmit power, uh, elevate power, you know, bring healing benefits or whatever it might be. But these beings, because they're doing a metaphysical operation and it could affect others, perhaps other inhabitants who are there who aren't from Saturn, they have to damp their power and surround themselves <laughs> with certain crystal-shaped power objects which they, they, they bring into being. I mean, the, for example, the Star of Bethlehem, this is a different thing, but the Star of Bethlehem, which was created on Saturn to bring Jesus to Earth, was thought into being. And then when the job was done, the job of bringing Jesus to earth and the complex business of his birth and so forth, they took that thought, whatever being it was, or beings, took the thought back into themselves again and took the cro you know, that which manifested as the Star of Bethlehem back. They, they create whatever they need. And um, these beings, obviously, are having to create various uh, crystals in order to damp down their power when they're performing operations, not to enhance it. Right, it's a very interesting point. And also, mm -hmm. we're told that from Saturn came this great science of shape power, as you mentioned. Yes. Richard. Mm. Yes, indeed. Yes, which is used on planets like Mars as well. Right, right. Well, it strikes me, Chrissy, uh, this might be... A yeah, a good moment to have a, perhaps a slightly early uh, halfway break, and then we can come to the two uh, transmissions that we really want to focus on and study, uh, which have been given to oh. us by Saturn. Sounds like a great idea. So thank you, Richard. Over to Courtney. Thank you, guys. You're listening live with Serious Video Live with Richard Lawrence and Christy Blaze. And today's topic, Masterclass 5, Divine Perfection Saturn. Upcoming announcements include the new July-August issue of Kindred Spirit Magazine, includes an article by Richard Lawrence called The Path of the Karmic Athlete. This leads into our next Ethereus Radio Live show on July 21st on The Path of the Karmic Athlete, based on the first five freedoms of the nine freedoms. For more upcoming classes and lectures, please visit www.ethereus.org. To connect with Richard, please visit www.richardlawrence.co.uk. And to connect with Chrissy, please visit www.chrissyblaze.com. And now we turn you to your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. 
Thanks, Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you very much. Well, Chrissy, so we come on to these, these two wonderful transmissions. The first one, very short, and this is where we're going to benefit from your reading, I hope. So the first My one, pleasure. of course, was in, in a journal, which is available. It uh, has some wonderful, absolute gold dust in it, actually, of, of teaching from various uh, cosmic beings. And this is uh, Cosmic Voice Volume 2. We're on page 56 at the moment. And among them is this very short transmission from Saturn. Yeah, and it was delivered in November the 10th, 11th, 1956. Goodness me. But this is a wonderful transmission as part of a series of transmissions. Saturn. O beloved Earth, raise up your minds to God this moment, and they shall be filled. O beloved children, raise up your hearts to God this moment, and they shall be filled. Sit, O dear ones, in silence. Open the gates, O sweet ones, of your heart. Open too your minds, and these shall be filled, for are these not the vessels of the Creator? I release the power now to those who hear, so that they may have greater spiritual fulfillment. I have spoken, and it must be so. Thank you, Chrissy. And I, you know, I'd like to say one thing that, um, and that's the end of that short transmission, that. Those yeah. of us who've been fortunate enough to hear um, a recording of a Saturnian transmission, uh, just how beautiful um, and unique is the sound of the voice. I mean, I know yeah. there are many listeners of Ethereum Radio Live who've heard uh, the 12 blessings and the beautiful voice of the Master Jesus um, and other transmissions, but the, the Saturnian voice is softer than any of them I would say Chrissy more gentle um, it, it's uh, deep in, not in, in, in its resonance but in its uh, feeling um, and it's just got this incredible quality of knowing of wisdom just comes through the voice it's the only way I, I can really express yeah. it and um, hopefully uh, on one occasion or another you will actually hear one of these Yes, so it's like love itself, isn't it, as you mm. might imagine it to be. It's like totally incredible. <laughs> well, Chrissy, I mean, I've been reflecting on, on this, and, um, you know, I do find a tremendous balance in both these uh, transmissions, yeah. this one and the one that we're going to do afterwards, which is a little longer. Um, and it seems to me that the one you've just read falls into two halves in a way. Um, and, and and there's repetition. They use seem to me that they use repetition, and they do in the other one too. So the first half, um, I mean, I marvel at the way all the transmissions actually, pretty much anyway, have a, 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 a an ease of communication. Let's put it that way. That they they're quite simple on the face of it anyway to understand that anybody yeah. can understand at least something from it. It's not complicated, it's not erudite, it's no disrespect, but it's nothing like some of the theosophical writings, for example, um, or some erudite piece of poetry or something like that. There's a meaning you can quickly get um, pretty well as long as you can read and think. And then, as you 
contemplate on it and you start to realize things and you start to gain spiritual experience yourself, the depth and the levels open up um, incredibly and they, they're some of the most profound things, if not the most. I think the next one that we're going to hear, there's nothing really more profound uh, than, than the, the transmission we're about to do after this one. But this one too... And it, so it strikes me that it, it, there's a repetition and it falls into two halves. The first half, basically, in a way, is reminiscent of, of Jupiter to some extent. Raise yes. up your minds to God this moment mm. and they shall be filled. So that's the first half. Raise up your hearts to God this moment and they shall be filled. So that's the first thing. And then the second half is sit, O oh dear ones, in silence. Open the gates, O oh sweet ones, of your heart open to your minds, and these shall be filled. Um, so we're being asked to do two things. One, mm -hmm. to raise ourselves up, and two, to open ourselves up. And this is very, very interesting. And if you, if you go at, a, so shall we say, an occult level with this, or a deep yogic level, of course, um, it isn't possible to open the heart center or the Christ center without raising the kundalini to those centers. Only when the lower centers have been risen above can those centers fully open. So there's even a deep occult meaning here as well. We have to, and you know, some people think they can just sort of sit down quietly, be at peace, and all knowledge and all wisdom will come to them. I'm afraid it won't. I'll be that definite about it. Right. Yes, you could find a certain level of peace, Yes, you could find it easier to cope with the stresses of life and, and so on. It could be good for your blood pressure and, and so on. But it isn't, won't be enough just to sit down in stillness, even just even breathing deeply. If you want or we want to really open ourselves up to um, the higher consciousness, to the, which in other words, in, this, in the terms of this transmission, that they be filled um, by God, then we have to do more than that. We have to also work hard at spiritual uh, practices to raise our consciousness and then open ourselves up. It, it's much deeper than it appears to be. Yes, thank you for sharing that, Richard. It's a very interesting point. It's interesting that you said about um, the simplicity of it because in the following short transmission, which we're not going to read because that's from Mars Sector 6, he also... Um, talks about the simplicity and said nothing complicated was there is mm. God complicated? Not so and mm. he urges us to remember these things in our soul mm. remember these things in your soul um, mm. so yes, great simplicity comes through all these transmissions does it not? Yes it also reminded me of an old uh, I, th I think it's a Christian it might even be in the Bible, I don't know but something like you can't fill a vessel that's half full, um, you know, right. um, and so, so you have to open yourself up. You have to be an empty vessel, I think was a phrase somewhere. Um, and there's, there's an element of that, for are these not the vessels of the creator? So one has to, um, you know, to, so to empty one's mind and one's heart uh, isn't blanking the mind, because just blanking out the mind doesn't actually empty them. It might suppress them for a while. It's raising yourself above those basic thoughts so that they're no longer in existence, as it were, at that moment. 
that then you really open yourselves up and then you're an empty vessel as it were and then you can be filled yeah very good point mm. and interesting because you talked earlier also Richard about listening to the transmissions and the wonderful energy and of course the last sentence is we're told that I release the power now to those who hear so it's not just words it's no, no, no. power being released so mm. that they may have greater spiritual fulfillment and mm. I believe also to some extent and perhaps I'm wrong I don't know what you think that when you read these you can almost feel the power somehow it's within the word Definitely. too I could feel it as you were reading it for sure. Something wow, happened. That's very interesting. Yeah. Mm. Now, we better move on to the next one, so we don't want to run out um, in this no. program. We want to do, do justice to perhaps perhaps the greatest teaching transmission, maybe that we have or that anybody has. Uh, yes. and it's called the One Energy. And, uh, Chrissy, I was going to suggest, because this was given and then it was followed straight away by a transmission from by Mars Sector 6, I think it would be quite revealing, actually, to read the Mars Sector 6 transmission first, because it does give um, a certain um, power to the whole thing. So if, if people just remember that Saturn came first, it was followed by Mars Sector 6. But if you could read uh, the Mars Sector 6 transmission first, I think it'll give people a greater appreciation so that when we look at it, it'll have even more meaning. Mm, very good point. I will begin. Mars Sector 6. This is Mars Sector 6 reporting from satellite number 3, now in magnetization orbit of Terra. Simple words, oh my friends, but what power. In this space vehicle known to you as satellite number 3, we received our transmission from that mighty one as you received yours. Yours can, with some study, be understood by you. Ours can, with some study, be understood by us. I think we but should pause there, Terry. Chrissy. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I think, we should, if you don't mind, we just pause on that note, just to explain yes. what Mars Ethics has said there. As the Lord of Saturn was delivering the transmission through Dr. King, that we're going to, to go through in a moment, um, at the very same time, uh, in satellite number three, they received a, a transmission from that same being. Now, whether it was a separate transmission, I don't know, but I would doubt myself, mm. or whether they were capable of gaining infinitely more, as it were, from the same... Hello? Can Hello? you hear me? Can you oh, hear yes, me? Yes. Okay. I was just saying, break. Chrissy... All right. I was just saying whether it was that they were receiving uh, a different mm-hmm. one at the same time, which I would doubt myself, but I don't know, or whether they were capable of receiving much more depth, as it were, and much more meaning from the same transmission of thought by this intelligence from Saturn, this being the Lord of Saturn. We don't know, but they were receiving it. And then he says this, you know, with some study... It can be understood by you. I think mm-hmm. that's possibly an understatement there, yeah. um, a, a kind understatement, because I, I think it would probably require a really deep meditation for us to understand it fully. I'm sure it would. 
Um, and then he, in great humility, goes on and says, ours can, with some study, be understood by us. I think that's setting a very good context for this, because although it appears very simple and is simple, it's also very profound and revealing uh, the more one studies it. Yes, some very good points. I'll continue. Mm. But know this, Tara, that a thousand vehicles spread throughout the Milky Way also receive their transmission from that self-same entity at the period which you would term the exact time. When we upon Mars are capable of such a feat, we will consider ourselves to be advanced enough to be of service. I think we have to stop stop there because we know that the Martians are performing fantastic, outstanding service beyond our comprehension. Uh, Let's just name satellite number three for one thing, although there are other planetary beings there as well. Um, But there's Mars Sector 8 and so forth. And yet, he makes this incredibly humble statement, when we're capable of such a feat, we will consider ourselves to be advanced enough to be of service. So, you know, they look at these beings and they don't think they're doing anything, I suppose, is the uh, implication of that uh, very humble statement by Mars Sector 6. And a thousand vehicles spread throughout the Milky Way also received their transmission at that time from the same entity. It's an incredible thought. This is why I wanted to set the scene before we go into the transmission itself. Absolutely. It would seem that men upon Terra have not even started to fully understand and appreciate such a feat. Never mind, my friends. Go ye on and be always inquiring and always open. This transmission came from Mars Sector 6. The transmission from Saturn came through Mars Sector 6, through satellite number 3. Yes, we don't know what that means. The transmission from Saturn Mm. came through Mars Sector 6, Mm. through satellite number 3. I think to say it came through satellite number 3 might be one thing. To say it came through Mars Sector 6 is probably, again, something we'd have to... That, I think, is beyond our pay grade to understand, because Mars Sector 6 is an intelligence. Um, But taken literally, it means it was transmitted through him first. Through him and then through Dr. George King. Yeah, taken literally, if it means that. It's another very revealing thing and another very revealing insight into what is Mars Sector 6. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) And then there's a very encouraging um, statement, go ye on and be always inquiring and always open. I think that's, um, you know, very compassionate again. (laughs) We don't understand it, it, but keep on trying, you know. Yes. So, Richard, shall I uh, begin with the transmission? Please do, and I think I won't interrupt you. I think the best thing is if you read the whole of this transmission without any interruption, and then we can look at it. And by the way, this is available... Uh, this transmission, uh, we have a, a card with it on, beautifully ornate card, which people can obtain from the Ethereum site if you want to study it in greater depth or put it on your altar. Uh, you can get it from us. Yes, thank you, Richard. I'd ask people listening, actually, to sort of just sort of set, sit comfortably, feet flat on the floor if you can, and keep the spine straight and really take a few deep breaths to really focus 
on these absolutely wonderful words. A transmission from Saturn, the one energy. Today's dreams can only become tomorrow's manifestation if the dreamer acts in love. For this energy is all in all, and all in all that. There is really but one energy in the system. This energy has many octaves of manifestation. The same energy which drives the sun through space makes the heart of small man beat. The same energy which, used by the divine essence, becomes all that which is manifested, makes the small man's heart beat. The same energy which holds a million worlds in the vastness of all space is the same energy which makes small man's heart beat. If ye go into this heart and use this most wonderful energy, you can contact the vastness of all things the light which in invisibility travels through all space is the same light which shineth in small man's soul. The light which coming before a sun doth light that is the same light which shineth in small man's soul. The light which traveling through millions of worlds coming right from the very heart of the divine essence is the same light which shineth in small man's soul. Go within, contact this light, and extend through space and timelessness to that dimension where dwelleth unmodified peace. When you stand, O man, as man, in the hall of judgment, you look upon this love energy, this light energy, and see your failings. And in mercy goeth to that river wherein you fell. Thank you, Chrissy. That's that's a beautiful, beautifully read. Um, Thank you. I think all we can do is pick out one or two points. I do, again, want to recommend people to, to get their own copy of this, which is easy to do from uh, theorist.org or from one of our headquarters branches or groups. Um, the first thing I notice, Chrissy, is in, in that very first statement, uh, and it refers to this energy as being all in all and all in all that. And I've, and, and this is particularly for um, Theorist Society members and people who do the 12 blessings, you might recognize that from the 12th blessing. Uh, where um, the Master Jesus refers to the Absolute, that's the the, 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 the Creator, the All Being that pervades the whole of the universe and more, the Creator of all things, as all in all and all in all that. It's exactly the same words. I think that's very interesting. I don't know, but my guess, my personal mm. guess, which could be wrong, is that the Master Jesus would have known that and might be deliberately paying uh, some term of respect to this transmission because this transmission was delivered in 1957 on November the 23rd whereas the Twelve Blessings 
were, were given the following year. So it's almost a year later that the Martha Jesus uses exactly the same words, all in all oh. and all in all that. Oh, very interesting. As though he adopted them. And, of course, it's um, a very interesting statement, all in all and all in all that. I mean, actually, Dr. King goes into it in his brilliant lecture on the Twelve Blessings, so it's not for me to do it here and now, but it is a term for the absolute, and both the absolute that's in manifestation and is not in manifestation. Mm. Hmm. This energy is virtually God itself, the energy of love. That's what's come home to me as I've been actually, as I've been preparing for this very uh, broadcast, actually, Chrissy. Um, mm-hmm. it, it goes on and says something that we, we've heard before. The energy has many octaves of manifestation. And that's an interesting word, octaves. I'm not sure if that's used outside the Ethereum study or not. It's something that you do get in some of our early transmission. It means frequencies, levels, whatever phrase you want to use. Um, levels of manifestation. And, of course, as I said earlier, you know, on Saturn... They, they're living on a much vastly higher octave, as it were, than we are. Hence, they may not be visible to us, but they do exist. Yes. Another, another thing that struck me, uh, Chrissy, when in, in, in studying this and listening to you read it, is this may be the wrong word, but it's got a sort of poetic rhythm to it as well, which you don't get in all transmissions. Um, and it's got a kind of, um, a rep- I mentioned repetition in the last one, yeah. there's definite repetition in this one too, and it's got a kind of a refrain, as it were, if that may be, I don't know if that's the right word, it's, it might be not a respectful enough term, it's not. It's meant to be, uh, but this phrase makes the heart of small man beat, and then it comes back, makes the small man's heart beat, and then makes small man's heart beat again. So three times, that phrase or something very close to it is used. And this gives it a certain power. And then in the next mm. uh, section, again, it falls, I think, into two halves, a bit like the other one, which was shorter than this. The next time, it's which shineth in small man's soul. And that's repeated three times as well. So it's got, a, a, a apart from anything else, a kind of a rhythm to it, this transmission. Yes, <laughs> yes Absolutely. Um, very, very interesting. There's um, another, so it, another quote. It kind of helps us, it helps us, I think, to re- we can kind of miss it when we hear it once, and I'm sure there's so many reasons, but this is one that when we hear it once, we can sort of miss it, but when we hear it again and the third time, it really kind of makes us stop and think, I think. Absolutely. And then, of course, it, it's it's completely unlimited, and you've got that phrase, the same energy, used by the divine essence, becomes all that which is manifested. And, mm. you know, I, I noticed a certain thing here that um, you, you've, got, you've got really this concept in that uh, all that which is manifested it is creation, preservation, transmutation. So, um, and I'm, I'm darting around the transmission trying to here to study it, but in the next half, you, it, rather than the energy, it, it refers to the light. So the energy really becomes the light. And this is, again, a very descriptive way of, of taking it. It's like taking it to another level by calling it, instead of the energy, the light. And in the first half, it says, um, the, or, uh, sorry, the second half, there's a phrase which says, 
the light which coming before a sun doth light is the same light which shineth in small man's soul. And then the next phrase, the light which traveling through millions uh, of worlds, um, oh, sorry, I'm looking for the for the bit. Um, it's the same light. Uh, sorry, I, I've, I've lost the thing I was looking for. Oh, light I'm sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to refer back, coming. I'm sorry. No, what I was looking for was this. So you've got a phrase, the light which is coming before a sun doth light in one part. And in an earlier part, you've got the same energy which holds a million worlds. So you have it coming before a sun doth light, which is, if you like, creation. Before even a sun basically is manifest, this light exists. And then you've got the same energy which holds a million worlds in the vastness of all space. So you have their preservative, if you like, element. These worlds exist, and this is holding them in being. Um, So you've got there really creation, you've got preservation, and you've got the transmuting influence of the light. So you've got the whole aspect of the divine essence there. Yes. I mean, if you want spiritual empowerment, this is it. Indeed, indeed. Another interesting thing, I think, behind that statement, the same energy which holds a million worlds in the vastness of all space, is, I mean, if we brought it down to a basic and very literal level, it answers the big question about dark energy, dark matter, gravity, all these things which are, you know, they, they've, they've found gravity, the laws of gravity aren't sufficient for the cosmos, so hence they've invented dark energy, dark matter, which they don't understand, And yet there's a simple key we're given, which is it's this energy which holds these million worlds in the vastness of all space. We don't need to look Mm. for, you know, complicated scientific explanations. If we get to the very simplicity of it all, it's, it's this force, this energy, this one energy, this light, which is holding the universe together, the vastness of all space. A very, very interesting point, yes. <laughs> These are just some of the thoughts, and, and uh, I found, actually, Chris, as I really tried to contemplate on it, this tremendously simple transmission, it became um, almost um, you know, multi-layered and, and a bit like a matrix of meanings, in fact, far from what it appeared to be on the surface. Um, it ref- uh, right towards the end, there's a phrase, go within contact this light and extend through space and timelessness we're we're told uh, to uh, earlier on to go into this heart and now we're told to contact this light and of course uh, it's really um, an explanation if you like of a really advanced and profound meditation cosmic consciousness is the highest state we we can conceive of on this earth but this interesting statement, the same light which shineth in small man's soul, uh, we're told that when we enter the deepest known states of samadhi on this earth, what we're actually coming into contact with is a reflection of the spark, the divine spark, that is, the spirit, if you like, reflected in our soul. There's a difference between spirit and soul, because soul yeah. is our superconsciousness. So soul still exists as a manifested thing. It's a very refined and elevated uh, manifestation, but it's still in, in manifestation. But the spark itself, the spirit, is not. And we get a reflection of that in our soul. 
And um, this, so this phrase, which shineth the light, which shineth in small man's soul, is a very brilliant way, among other things, of saying that, of course. And so it can only be by going into the light we're really being told to enter the most advanced state of which human beings are capable. Yes, yes. It is a very advanced transmission. Another thing I think I would like to pick out, Chrissy, uh, is this wonderful, couple of wonderful statements towards the end. Uh, There's a reference to extending through space and timelessness to that dimension where dwelleth unmodified peace. I've always loved that phrase, actually, unmodified peace. Because there are different kinds of peace, aren't there, that people can enjoy and experience. But unmodified peace is, you know, if you take an as-spoken, is no thought, no emotion, no change, no time, no sensation of any kind whatsoever. The highest possible level on this planet, perhaps, you know, level seven is the highest level we know of, which is uninhabitable, but one could go there, and the highest possible state. And then we have a peace which is unmodified, not a peace which is connected to a person, a thing, an experience, but completely unmodified. Mm. It is, as I said earlier, very deep, too deep, I think, for most of us to really comprehend, but we, at least we can make a stab at it as we try to do on Ethereum Radio Live. Yes, absolutely. And I love <laughs> the, the way it ends, too, with the way it ends, as always in the transmissions, is with such compassion and understanding mm. for us mm. um, and practical advice, you know. Mm. Um, when you stand, O oh man, as man in the hall of judgment, you look upon this love energy, this light energy, and see your failings, and in mercy goeth to that river wherein you fell, which is a tremendously brilliant um, statement about life after death and reincarnation. Yes. One sentence. Yes, it is. And I think it's, you know, as we, in fact, it ends, this really ends where we were started the whole broadcast, really, about the mercy. You know, you don't go back to be judged, to be punished, to be... It's all in mercy. You go back to that river wherein you fell, because until you can get up, as it were, or we can get up, we aren't going to be able to cross that river. And so it's done out of compassion, not out of any anything else. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Richard, well, it seems I, like we've come to the end of this I know, broadcast, I sadly. Know. Time flies. <laughs> And all we can do is just throw out a few thoughts for people to ponder, and I'm sure that if you obtain the One Energy, you'll have many, many more realizations of your own. And uh, thank you very much, Chrissy, again. And and next time, of course, it's the Path of the Karmic Athlete. Uh, That's on July the 21st. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Thank you, Courtney. I think we might just have time for a few announcements, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, guys. You have been listening to Ethereus Radio Live. Ethereus Radio Live is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can connect with the Ethereus Society at www.ethereus.org for more information on announcements, classes, and lectures mentioned earlier in the show. You can connect with Richard Lawrence by visiting his website, www.richardlawrence.co.uk. 
And you can connect with Chrissy Blaze by visiting her website at www.chrissyblaze.com. We want to thank everyone for listening today. And on behalf of the Ethereum Society, we would love to wish you a wonderful rest of June. Thank you and have a great day.